Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church, and we're doing an in-depth study of the book of Revelation. And we're paying special attention to the sequence and the timing of the events, and how events in heaven synchronize with the events on earth. So far, we've established the following facts. First, the rapture of, church, of the church initiated from heaven results in the tribulation or day of the Lord beginning on earth on the same day. And this is a time of worldwide judgment which ends with Christ's return. After seeing the rapture church in heaven in Revelation 4 and 5, in Revelation 6, Christ breaks the first six seals and, releases, and that releases the start of the judgments on the earth. Secondly, after a delay of a few months, um, probably, the seventh seal then is broken in heaven. And that contains the seven trumpets. The first trumpet immediately sounds, releasing extra judgment on earth. And so the, the seventh seal and the first trumpet are God's response to, to something that happens on earth. And that's the Antichrist covenant that Israel makes with the Antichrist, and that's what starts Daniel's 70th week. So there's a slight difference between the tribulation and the 70th week of Daniel. Um, the tribulation includes the 70th week, but it's also a little bit longer. Now, the seventh seal in heaven, therefore, synchronizes with the start of the 70th week on earth, and that is the final seven years leading up to the second coming. And this is also when the Antichrist covenant is made and the seventh seal is opened. That's also when the two witnesses and the 144,000 start their ministry. Thirdly, the two witnesses minister for 1,260 days, and that's the first half of the 70th week. And they announce the judgments of the first six trumpets, and that is Revelation 8 and 9. And that happens during the first six trumpets are during the first half of that tribulation. Fourthly, the two witnesses are killed, and that the, their death marks the end of the first half of Daniel's 70th week. And now that brings in a new phase to the tribulation. At this point, there is a mid-tribulation interval that's actually 33 and a half days. We'll, we'll prove that later. And during this mid-trib interval, a number of important events happen uh, that include all the major characters of the tribulation. And this is really described in Revelations 11 to 13. Fifthly, the transition to the mid-tribulation interval is marked by Revelation 10, which is a heavenly interlude. This takes place near the end of the time of the sixth trumpet which is blown in Revelation 9, and just before the seventh trumpet's blown in Revelation 11, just after the two witnesses uh, ascend to heaven. In Revelation 10, verse 6 and 7, Christ declares that the seventh angel is about to sound, and that in the days of the sounding of the seventh trumpet, all the judgments of the tribulation would be completed. And so the logical timing for the Revelation 10 is the death of the two witnesses, which ends the first half of the 70th week and brings in the mid-tribulation interval, which is a new phase of the tribulation. This fits with the fact that in Revelation 10, John is given a little book to eat containing revelation of what will happen next. 
and he starts to prophesy this revelation in Revelation 11. First he goes back in time and he reviews the life and death of the two witnesses by the Antichrist in the first seven verses. And, and this happens when he invades Israel and breaks his covenant with her at mid-tribulation and brings the first half, this brings the first half of the uh, tribulation to an end. Then he describes what happens next in Revelation 11. Three and a half days after their death, they are resurrected and they ascend to heaven. And that's before the eyes of the whole world. And this marks the end of the second world, or the sixth trumpet, and, and the start of the third world, and the seventh trumpet is about to begin. And so the divine intervention of Revelation 10 happens when the Antichrist breaks the covenant, kills the two witnesses, three and a half days before the seventh trumpet is blown. And so it can also be seen as a divine response. This um, Revelation 10 and this the angel coming and uh, who, who has to be Christ himself standing upon the earth with great authority. That is a divine response to the satanically inspired attack of the Antichrist, killing the two witnesses, intensifying. Therefore, the, it's, it marks the fact that the battle, as it were, between God and Satan is intensifying. Now we're going to look at the sequence of events in the mid-tribulation interval and discover the exact timing of the seventh trumpet. And that's crucial to the, to the uh, understanding the chronology of the book of Revelation. First of all, just before mid-tribulation, Satan will appear to the Antichrist and offer him all the kingdoms of the world, if he will just worship Satan. And that's, of course, the same offer that Christ refused. The Antichrist will accept Satan's offer, and he receives uh, authority over the nations and power to perform lying signs and wonders. He becomes fully empowered by Satan. And we, we see that in Revelation 13. And after experiencing a supernatural recovery, a, a kind of death and resurrection from a fatal wound, he appears to be raised from the dead. And that causes um, his uh, power and popularity to increase greatly. And so at that time, the, he becomes possessed by Satan, that his evil, arrogant self exalting, anti-God, anti-Semitic nature is fully manifested now and at mid-tribulation and he invades the Middle East including Israel uh, with the intention of totally of breaking his covenant with Israel and totally destroying the Jewish people. That's kind of like the background and then secondly we see his military activity just before um, mid-tribulation and that's described in Daniel chapter 11 verses 21 to 25 actually describe a, a type of the Antichrist Antiochus Epiphanes a, a Syrian the king of the north and this was in the second century before Christ and he uh, also blasphemed against God he persecuted the Jews he invaded Israel he desecrated the temple with an abomination of desolation a kind of a, an idol to a false God and that is up to verse 35 is history but then in verse 36 it jumps to prophecy about the Antichrist who, who who's the fulfillment of that type 
and it jumps about 2,000 years to describe a future king, the Antichrist, uh, and what he will do in the Great Tribulation. And it shows him acting without restraint, growing in confidence, magnifying himself above every god, especially the God of Israel, and, it see, and he'll seem to prosper until the tribulation is finished. Let's read that. Then the king, the Antichrist, shall do according to all his own will. He'll exalt and magnify himself against above every god. He'll speak blasphemies against the god of gods and shall prosper until the wrath, that's the tribulation, has been accomplished. So in other words, he'll rule to the end of the tribulation. For what has been determined by God shall be done. Then in verse 40 it says, He will enter the countries, that's of the Middle East, overwhelm them and pass through. He'll also enter the glorious land, that's Israel, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape from his hand, Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Ammon. In other words, he takes over the whole Middle East at mid-tribulation, but he's kept away from three areas which correspond to the present-day Jordan. God keeps Jordan off-limits somehow to the Antichrist so that as we'll see in due time, the believing remnant of Israel will be able to escape to Jordan from the Antichrist and be in a place of safety there during the Great Tribulation. We'll see that in Revelation 12. Then in verse 45 it says, He'll plant the tents of his palace between the seas, that's between the Mediterranean and the Dead Sea, and at the glorious holy mountain, that's Mount Moriah in Jerusalem where the temple is, Yet he will come to his end and no one will help him. So this describes the Antichrist breaking his covenant with Israel at mid-tribulation, invading, taking over East Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. That's when he kills the two witnesses. And he'll place his palace and his headquarters there. And however, it says he will come to his end. And that will be when Christ returns three and a half years later. Now, the continuation of this prophecy in Daniel chapter 12 confirms that we're looking at mid-tribulation with the last three and a half years of the great tribulation about to start. Because verse 1 says, At that time Michael will stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, Israel, and there will be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time, and at that time your people, Israel, shall be delivered, everyone who's found written in the book. This time, as Antichrist asserts dominion over Israel at mid-tribulation, is a time of great danger for Israel. And so Michael, the guardian angel of Israel, stands up to take protective action. We're told more about this in Revelation 12, when Michael and his angels wage war on Satan and his angels and throw them down to the earth's surface. And so he will fulfill his special mandate to protect Israel. And when this marks now, this invasion at mid-tribulation, it marks the start of a time period described as a unique time of trouble or tribulation unlike any other. It says, a time of trouble, tribulation, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And so this is the Great Tribulation. Jesus called it the Great Tribulation. And it say, he says it starts when the Antichrist takes over the temple at mid-tribulation and puts up his abomination of desolation there. Matthew 24, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, and that's in Daniel 9.27, which says it's halfway through the 70th week, 
He says, when you see that abomination, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, for then there will be a great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world till this time, nor shall ever be. So the great tribulation starts with the abomination. Jeremiah 30, verse 7, also describes this unique time. It says, alas, for that day is great, great tribulation, so that none is like it, and it is the time of Jacob's trouble or tribulation. But he will be saved out of it. And Jeremiah, Matthew 24, Daniel 12, they all confirm that God will save and deliver Israel at the end of this time by the second coming of Christ. Daniel 12 indicates this time of great tribulation will last about three and a half years, the second half of the tribulation. And uh, that's in Daniel 12:6. The question is asked, how long? shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? The answer is given in verse 7. It shall be for a time, times, and half a time. That's three and a half times, or 1,260 days. When, and when the power of the holy people, the Jews, has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. And that really means when their pride is broken, when they have to turn to God and totally depend on him and call on the Messiah, which will happen by the end of the tribulation, all Israel will be saved. And it says at that time Jesus will return and save Israel and then all these things will be finished. And so the repentance of Israel is absolutely crucial for the fulfillment of God's plan. But by the end of the tribulation they will repent and receive the Messiah. Daniel uh, verse 11 gives some more detail. It says, from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away by the Antichrist at mid-tribulation and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. So again, that's about three and a half years. We'll show what that means, but it basically means there'll be a mid-tribulation interval there of 30 days that accounts for the difference in those two numbers. So the total mid-trib interval is 33 and a half days. Then, thirdly, when Antichrist takes over the Temple Mount, he kills the two witnesses. So, he invades Israel, he breaks the covenant, he kills the two witnesses. And they've been ministering there for the last 1,260 days. Their dead bodies are left unburied um, for, uh, sorry, for three and a half days as the nations rejoice over their death. And they because they blame the two witnesses for all the judgments that come down, because they had announced them in advance. Just like Moses announced the judgments to Pharaoh, these, they had announced all the trumpet judgments on TV to the whole world before they happened, and so they get the blame for it. Let's read. When they finished their testimony, after 1,260 days, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days, and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Fourthly, in the sight of all nations, watching by TV, God raises these two prophets from the dead after three and a half days, and they ascend to heaven. Let's read. 
Now after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here! And they ascended to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies saw them. And this will be the final sign of Jonah to Israel, resurrection after th uh, three days. There was first Lazarus, who was raised after four days, then Jesus himself, of course, resurrected after three days, and now the resurrection of the two witnesses after three and a half days. And later we'll see, actually, that in Revelation 14, that the uh, 144,000 uh, um, also get a raptured at this time. Well, the Antichrist responds by stopping the Jewish worship and desecrating the temple and erecting the abomination of desolation there. This is also called the image of the beast in Revelation 13. And by this act, he dedicates the temple to himself. He declares himself to be God, as God to be worshipped, just as Thessalonians talks about this. He opposes and exalts himself above all that's called God or that's worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he's God. Daniel 9.27 tells us that this happens at mid-tribulation. It says, the Antichrist will confirm a covenant with many for seven years. In the middle of the seven years, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering, and at the temple, he'll set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. So in this way, Antichrist is going to break his covenant with Israel, and notice it says that this abomination will stand until the second coming of Christ, when he destroys the Antichrist at the end of the 70th week. Now in Matthew 24, Jesus said that this abomination is the sign that shows that the great tribulation has begun. And it's the signal for the Jews to immediately escape to the mountains of Jordan for safety. He says, therefore, when you see the abomination that causes desolation, the, it causes divine judgment, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, then let those in Judea flee to the mountains, the mountains of Jordan. For then there'll be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. Then God's response to the abomination is the seventh judgment, sorry, the seventh trumpet releasing desolations on Antichrist's realm. We'll later see and prove that this is on the very same day, the seventh trumpet's on the very same day as the abomination of desolation. This, uh, this literally means the abomination that causes desolation. So it's an idol which provokes God to judgment. It causes desolation judgments, and these judgments are released by the seventh trumpet. And so as soon as the abomination is set up, the seventh trumpet is blown, initiating the Great Tribulation, and the abomination is the sign on earth that the Great Tribulation has begun. Revelation 11.13 tells us what happens when the two witnesses ascend to heaven. In the same hour, it says, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 were killed. The rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. Just like there was an earthquake at Christ's resurrection after three days, so there'll be an earthquake at the resurrection of these two witnesses after three days. Many will be saved seeing this stunning miracle, and it will confirm everything that the two witnesses had preached about the death and resurrection of Jesus.
and the result will be a great turning to God in Jerusalem and around the world as they realize that these two witnesses have been preaching the truth and they will, as a result, be saved and glorify God. Many will be saved and many in Jerusalem then will escape from the Antichrist because they will obey Jesus' warning to escape when they see the abomination. Then Revelation declares the second woe, that's the sixth trumpet is passed, but behold, the third woe, the seventh trumpet, is coming quickly. So the resurrection of the two witnesses after three and a half days, accompanied with a great earthquake, this marks the end of the sixth trumpet. And that means the seventh trumpet's about to blow, introducing a new phase of tribulation judgments. And so the seventh trumpet follows soon after. And that's it says in verse 15, then the seventh trumpet sounded. Once the two witnesses are killed, removed from the temple, the celebration is over, the party is over, the way is open now for the Antichrist to desecrate the temple, set up his abomination, and declare himself as God to be worshipped. And so the, this abomination brings down the desolation of, this, of God's judgments. And they will be released by the seventh trumpet, it's, which is blown immediately, the abomination is put up. Now we know that the seventh trumpet is blown soon after the two witnesses ascend to heaven. Therefore, these three events happen one after the other on the same day. Number one, the two witnesses ascend to heaven. Number two, the Antichrist responds by setting up the abomination. And number three, God responds by blowing the seventh trumpet, releasing the judgments of the great tribulation. Let us now look at what happens when the seventh trumpet is sounded. The immediate response is great rejoicing in heaven because of everything that's going to be accomplished in the time of the seventh trumpet. Then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. And this is a declaration of faith announcing that the judgments of the seventh trumpet will bring the total destruction of the present world system and they will bring in the kingdom of God on the earth. In other words, the seventh trumpet continues until the second coming. And that agrees with Revelation 10.7. It says, in the days of the sounding of the seventh angel, uh, the mystery of God will be finished, as declared to the prophets. As we saw in Revelation 9, each trumpet blows for a certain definite period of time. The seventh trumpet is the final trumpet, and therefore it must continue through the whole of the Great Tribulation until Christ's return. And so it contains all the judgments of the seven bowls of wrath. Let's read, and the 24 elders, this is when the seventh trumpet's blown, the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshipped God saying, we give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and was to come and is to come because you've taken your great power and reigned. The eight nations were angry and your wrath has come and the time of the dead that they should be judged and that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. And so we see that the seventh trumpet continues through the whole great tribulation and second coming because it contains all the remaining judgments of, of God leading up to the second coming. And it includes the second coming itself because it says that this is when the kingdoms of the world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And it includes the time when the righteous dead are raised and rewarded at the second coming. 
During the seventh trumpet judgments, God is using his power to assert his dominion, to prepare to establish his kingdom on the earth. And so heaven rejoices in the completion of his judgments that are announced by the seventh trumpet, including the overthrow of, of the kingdoms of the world by Christ's kingdom and the destruction and removal of all God's enemies from the earth. And so the seventh seal contains the seven trumpets and the seventh trumpet must contain the seven bowls. Revelation 11 closes with a revelation of God's temple in heaven. It says, then the temple of God was opened in heaven. The Ark of the Covenant was seen in his temple and there were lightnings, noises, thunderings, earthquake and great hail. You see, the earthly temple and ark were made after the pattern of these heavenly originals. Again and again, we see events on earth connected to events in heaven, responding to each other. And this is an example. You see, in response to the Antichrist desecrating the earthly temple, God reveals the temple in heaven, uh, that it's still operational and God is releasing his judgments from it. Well, next time we're going to prove that the event on earth that triggers the seventh trumpet is indeed the abomination of desolation. In other words, the seventh trumpet is God's response to Antichrist desecrating his temple on earth. This is a vital synchronism. It's a linchpin that's essential to establishing the correct chronology of the tribulation. You see, if the abomination on earth synchronizes with the seventh trumpet in heaven, then that proves that the seventh trumpet is at mid-tribulation. Because we know from Daniel 9.27 that the abomination happens at mid-tribulation. It says, Antichrist confirms a covenant with many for seven years, and in the middle of the seven years, he puts an end to sacrifice and offering and sets up his abomination of desolation. Moreover, we know that the seventh trumpet is blown immediately after the death and resurrection of the two witnesses. So if it's blown at mid-tribulation, this proves that the two witnesses minister for the three and a half years of the first half of the tribulation, and not during the second half of the tribulation, as some have it. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the Word of God to the ends of the earth. But we need your help. If you can partner with us or, or pray for us, contribute to us, it will make all the difference to make this possible. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you, you can find the, a way you can help us financially, and we would be so grateful. Well, I trust that you've been enjoying our series on the book of Revelation. I just wanted to make you aware that I've also taught all the way through the book of Revelation as a CD series. And here we have three CD boxes with seven or eight CDs in each of them. And it takes you all the way through the book of Revelation. So if you want some further study on that, this wonderful book, I recommend these CDs. Each, each CD box is 20 pounds, but if you get them all together, you can get a discount, all three of them, for, uh, for £50 or £20 each. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk 
or by calling 01865 515 086.